Hey, everybody, it's Lisa Lampanelli from the Losers with a Dream podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This week, we get into a topic that I've wanted to do since the beginning, asking for help. Because as a woman of 60 years old, I have to ask for help more and more. Not, you know, to get up out of a chair yet, which will come someday. I have to ask people for advice on podcasting, social media, anything I don't know, I got to go to people half my age and figure out how to get information. And I found out through my two co-hosts, they're 30-ish and can't ask for help either. So we're going to dissect why we don't feel worthy to ask for help, how to ask for help in a positive way without being needy and crazy and a stalker. And we just get into some funny stories about our kind of lack of of wanting to do so. So listen, enjoy, learn, love it. Bye. Hey, you all know what time it is. It's Lisa Lampanelli and it's time for the Losers with the Dream featuring me and yeah, two other guys, Nick and Bo. I mean, nobody cares. I mean, I'm the star. Are you kidding me? They'd be nothing without me. Losers with the Dream. You're listening. So who's the actual loser? Now sit back and enjoy Losers with the Dream. Or don't enjoy it. Or don't even sit down. Shut up, burn calories. Hello, welcome to the Losers with the Dream podcast. We are losers. And boy, <laughs> do we have some big dreams. They've all died. Do we... you understand? They're all dead. I've hit Nick once and I will do it again. Yeah. Oh, we're so sorry that happened to you. Oh, oh shut up. Trigger you both. Yeah. Oh. It just like plays on my past trauma, and I don't appreciate oh, what you do. Oh my god, god, I am not responsible for your trauma. I'm not the one who had butt sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that but was my I uncle. Am. That was my uncle. <laughs> All right, first and foremost, if you are new here, welcome. This is a safe space. No, it really isn't, which is good. It is and it isn't know. all at the same time. First and foremost, go to iTunes, leave us a five star review. Five stars. Spotify, YouTube, if you want to see us, YouTube. okay, which makes sense. You could follow us on TikTok it's at Loser of the Dream because we're fucking hip. Okay. And I'm a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag clammy cunts. You know what's weird about TikTok? I'm just going to interrupt yeah. you yet again. Some stuff takes off. Anytime I post something where I'm either abusing Bo, yes. like either, no, I think it's, it's the hitting fish. part or the pouring food on you. <laughs> it really, people seem to enjoy that a lot. I've always understood that I would end up a punching bag. So yeah, which okay. is fine. Yeah, true. If your mother did it, I may as well carry on the grand McDermott tradition. <laughs> Bo McDermott, always getting made fun of. Yeah, it's true. It what is. What an idiot. Yeah. Aww, I'm just Nick. kidding. I love you. I love you. Oh, also, we have oh, live yeah. shows. <gasps> Are you serious? Coming up. Can't even wait. Yeah, no, it's just Lisa and I. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> we are doing live it's be podcast a great show. tape. Yeah, it is Nick Bo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! See, you're both just interchangeable to me. Yeah, I totally. think we've discovered. Although I did discover last night, I'm going to go back to the live show promo. But I am going to say I was watching that movie, The Other Guys, yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg as detectives, and I was like, that is Nick and Bo. It's true. That is them. There's one. I'm cool Mark Wahlberg, one. right? No, no. No. I don't even think Nick I'm, is Mark Wahlberg. Like hot. I think no. Yeah. What? I I, I'm I'm, I I think I stopped talking <laughs> <You're> now. <laughs> <to me? laughs> 
you guys are the other guys. Yeah. It is so funny. And I'm like, wow, Will Ferrell and Wahlberg have that chemistry you guys have. Yeah. And it's funny because it just works because right. there's love underneath it. That's why I love the, sh- the movie. There's love underneath it, but they really go at it. So I really enjoy that chemistry with you guys. I just had to say it and put it out there because I'm so grateful for both of you. Yeah, I'm really grateful for you. And it's. I want to have sex with your wife. Febreze. <laughs> Wait, Febreze. Fresh start. That's what he's saying in the movie. Yeah, yeah, fresh right. start. So anyway, like we Febreze. are going to have two live shows. They are coming up very soon. Thursday, December 9th at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And uh, in our home base state, Sunday, December 12th, the Bridgeport, Connecticut Stress Factory. Please go to StressFactory.com for tickets. They're going to be really good because we're going to be singing. We're going to be dancing. We're going to be pulling furniture out out of our assholes it is going to be <laughs> quite a good time it's gonna be like the circus Ooh, i mean not fun like the circus no, i'm just gonna eat a lot of popcorn yeah that's true <laughs> and we didn't because he'll even, be in the audience i love how we didn't even make an elephant comment i thought that was really I, nice I, of you us. know i've stopped myself already you know, from two different jokes the punching bag that you didn't make one is still making one like when he said it <laughs> He's like, I knew I'd be a punching bag. I was going to say, you're shaped like one. I stopped. I know. That was nice of you. But I said it I hurts, didn't though. say I the elephant thing. Do you guys need me for this podcast anymore? Know. Or you just want to talk about well, it? Well, you okay. know what I noticed? Me and Nick seem to really bond usually during the first segment. And you're right. kind of left out there flailing yeah. in the breeze like a very fat flag. Right. So... What I have, though, noticed, it the does... <laughs> Triple XL flag. <laughs> but it does even out during the third segment, usually, yes, because that's does. usually me and you. Yeah. So I got to say, the so only person who doesn't get enough airtime is me. Right. I'm the only one who constantly gets shortchanged. <laughs> I'm getting how, the short end of the stick. How does that happen? <laughs> I'm such a fucking has-been that you guys push me to the side for, ooh, segment two, we don't want Lisa on it. Well, fuck you, we you're fired. never <laughs> Anyway, for this kind of uh, bawdy and ribald revelry, please come to our live podcast taping where we'll be having a good dude time where we'll be discussing big issues and having some laughs to Stress Factory. We'll have a duel, me and you. Okay, what's wrong with him? I love how every time he opens his mouth, screeching stop. Yeah. See, this lets me and you bond, Nick, right now. Yeah. Okay, well, you guys, I'm going to give you a very brief history of what is going on today. Bo, focus. I'm focused. Okay. He's not. We taped an episode about asking for help, which this show is. This episode is the one about us asking for help. But... There was a little technical difficulty with our first segment. So today we ran into the studio because we're professionals and we said, let's retape just that one segment. So you will notice, because some of you are very astute. I noticed them. Oh, yes. The ones with the keen eye will email or text and go, oh, um, why are you wearing different shirts? Those that that whole episode. I'm like, okay, you know, we had a retape. Like, why the fuck you calling me out? At least I'm a pro. I get in here. So, you're going to notice these guys wearing different shirts. I dress professionally the same way because I'm an artiste and I'm a pro. I've done it with movie continuity uh, from Larry the Cable Guy, Health Inspector, all the way up to the most unsuccessful Judd Apatow film ever, Drill Bit Taylor. Brag, 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 brag. Great movie. Yeah. Oh, it's cute. It's the best. You know it's great. Anyway, so we are, if you do notice a little change in uh, filming 
yeah. attire, possibly Nick's makeup. It's yep. slightly different during the next uh, segment, but who cares? Because yeah. it's all the greatest content in the world. So let's like do our first segment, bitches. Okay, let's do it. Uh, we want to hear about your meathead moment. Oh, wait, yeah, we're skipping over mental health today. No, no mental health. You know why? You know why? We're all mentally sick. We're all unhealthy. I don't think that has to be... That we don't have to de- beat a dead horse, yeah. if you will. Yeah, so why don't we, we just we can't go get any right farther into, out on the edge? Yeah, so we might as well just yeah. Might as well on. just like go right to meet and how we <laughs> fucked up because it was a week of fucking up. Let me tell you yes. what. So today, this morning, Nick sends me our tape of today to approve yes our tape as if it's yeah. a reel to reel he sends uh <laughs> what is that called a file on drop the drop box, box. File, yeah. a drop box file that's what it's called uh, kids out there and we're <laughs> listening and bo's mic keeps cutting out at first we take it as a sign you know bo probably shouldn't be on the show anymore. yeah <laughs> we take it to mean like he's just not that great right. and but then i see the other guys and i'm like reminded of your good chemistry darn that show i Ke- know kept me on this it, show it, for it, another it, week it rubbed <laughs> you right back in yeah so i was like okay let's tape but i have a fucking meltdown first of all i'm not proud we have talked about my history with anger. We have talked about the fact that I try not to yell anymore. Yes. I try not to go into that otherworldly sense where I'm looking down at myself and seeing Tony Soprano or somebody just screaming and threatening and going insane. And I fucking went insane. So I can't get Bo on the phone because he's watching an Adam Sandler movie. Nice. Thank you. What movie? Yeah, some stupid shit Here you watched today. Here comes the boom with Kevin James. Class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's cried he, three times. Okay. Nobody cares. Available. We're talking. What's up, yeah. Dude? Yeah. Not available to us when we're having a freak out uh, about a taping. Fucking guy. So Nick, I'll talk I to take you. Naps during the day. No, me and <laughs> all me. day. Your whole fucking life's been a nap. Okay. I'm so dope. me and Nick are dealing with this this morning, and Nick is like, "Hey, man, you know it's a little glitchy. You want to listen?" I'm like, "Sure." So I am like, "Oh my god, I can't get in touch with Bo. I can't get in touch with Rick. I can't get in touch with Lou. I fucking start screaming." And I'm like, Nick, you motherfucker. And he's like the one on the phone. So I go, Nick, I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at us. Yeah. I'm yelling at you and me and <laughs> retroactively. But I'm screaming. And I'm like, don't take this personally. I have to hang up. Yeah. So I hang up. I call Lou. I do the same thing to him. And Lou is our ever, uh, ever downtrodden poor thing. We're always taking our <laughs> abuse. He's always being yelled at by us. And I had to yell at him too. Well, I get off that phone, talk about a meathead. I go into the shame spiral as if it would have been like if you both started drinking again. Yeah. It felt like I went back to an addiction that felt good in the moment. And even in the moment, it didn't feel great. I felt so horrible that I literally was like, I'm going to sit here all night. I'm going to stare at the wall. I have to cancel everything. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm, I'm back. Old Lisa's back. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm a mess. What am I going to do? I said, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to call. Yeah. You're going to apologize. You're going to set up a plan. Do you know years ago, even last year, I probably wouldn't have called that fast, but I felt like, okay, if I'm being a meathead in this moment, what's the female equivalent of meathead? A meat cunt? I was a meat cunt in that moment. I said, I got to call these guys. And really, because the haunting thing about it is I'm like, I don't want them to think I'm that person always. I don't want to backslide into that behavior always, but I also want them to say, hey, yeah, I am angry. 
or hey, no, I'm okay. Like whichever yeah. is true, I can handle. But sitting in that shit doesn't work. Don't you find right. that's true, Bo? Like with stuff, once you fuck up, like just sitting in it, it does not work. No, yeah, you have to you have to move forward. Like you have to like try and rectify it. You have to make amends immediately. Yeah. Oh my god. And immediate amends is huge because I used to just wait and wait and wait. Yeah. And then just wait to see if I saw them the next time if they'd be mad. So right. at first I was like, I'm just gonna text Nick and say, Hey girlfriend. <laughs> no, seriously. No, seriously. I was gonna take these. Hey girl, want me for coffee before your date? And like he'd be like, Yeah. Yes, queen yes or in my head he'd be like that but he probably yeah, wouldn't yeah, I would. and i'm like and and just kind of like feel it out to see if he was mad and not apologize and go so uh and just be like dodged a bullet but instead i called him up and you must admit it was very uh sincere on my part Nick. absolutely yeah yeah so no, say it was sincere <laughs> she was sincere <laughs> that's the fastest you've ever moved you okay uh, he just threw out his back. Yeah. Are you happy? He has a hernia. But it was a really good thing to reach out because, and I suspect you were telling the truth because when you said, no problem, it's forgotten. Because you said it like 10 times. Like, because I grill people. Like, oh, are you sure? No, seriously, yeah, no, man, are you it sure? Is. We're, we're friends. It's not like you were just, and you weren't yelling at me. You were upset the situation. Right. But what's what's interesting is I loved, I would like to unpack that for this for one yeah. contera moment. <laughs> When you say we're friends, because I know we are, why, what's, what, what clicks in with you of like, hey, you know what? Friends can yell at each other and then shake it off. Like, how did you learn that? Because I clearly didn't. I thought you were going to torture me for a while. You'd be like, dude, I don't know. I'm not ready to talk. But that's like boyfriend shit probably did that yeah, in the past or my parents female <laughs> shit. well no my parents my mother used to be like that too she'd yeah. be like i'm not ready and then you're like oh is she ever going to be ready and then you're yeah. just in the it's a really when you're just hanging by a thread going oh my god does everybody hate me yeah. it's almost like their way of like torturing you a little bit yeah so how did you learn this whole attitude of like you know what dude like thanks for the apology but we're friends yeah it essentially comes down to does the friendship is the friendship more important than any one single fight or argument right. or and most of the time the friendship is always worth it usually there's some people I was you just cut gonna off. Say, have you ever had it where you got a knockdown drag out with somebody and it's just like okay you're dead to me uh i don't know about knockdown drag out the, the friends that i've had when i was younger that i'd no longer speak to it was more like over time things you're mm. like okay man i can't i can't be your friend i just can't do this right. you know what i mean it, it was over time it was never like a big whatever but even like my friend who i talk about here all the fucking time anthony yeah we were in high school we used to go out a, a lot he was a in college we used to go out a lot too really but then like later, things change later in life like overall he was a, i was like he's a good friend we get along like we had some whatever he, you know in college he would <laughs> you probably want me to say this but we would get drunk and just get angry and whatever yeah no and you know we'd I'd be like okay you know whatever but you know Fast forward later in life, he's the best friend I've ever had. So, and, and pushes me to do things. It's just like, it does the friendship override like one argument or like, do you accept that about your friend as well? Like, I, I well, like, yeah, that's a, that's big, a big thing. thing. Yeah. Do you accept, I, you know, I got a few friends I could tell you that like, sure, there's probably like 10, 15% of them, some attributes like being late or whatever that I yeah. hate, but yeah. I'm like, this guy's been my friend 15 years. He's been there for me at the worst times of my life. Am I right. going to be upset that he's 15 minutes late? Really? That's going to end it for you? And I was like, you know what I mean? So, so like the acceptance like of, and I also think it came down today too, to acceptance of myself going, I still have anger. Like 
I would always like to think of myself as, oh, that stuff's in the rear view. But there's no way you could grow up in a house where there was rage and not once in a while, every couple of years or every year, you fucking let go. And it's not nice and it's not good. But it's not saying I'm allowed to. It's saying I accept that that dragon might rear its head. Yeah. So yeah. like that's sort of probably the same thing as a drug and alcohol thing where you go, I accept that I'm going to have a craving sometime. I can't beat it out of myself with self-work. Right. Yeah. Every now and then I'll have the drink dream or, you know, I'll go buy drugs and you do them. You know? <laughs> Smack shooter, you! Oh my god! You know, right? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't really? But is it, but, is, but can't do you just have to as a for as an addict like just accept about yourself that that's in you and you'll do your best? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it sucks to remember like when you have the bad drunk dream or like when you like feel a part of so you're like ah, i wish i could have a beer right now or i wish i could like be involved in the conversation um but you know you just have to accept it about yourself you know what i mean and right. like you grieve that part of it like you losing anger is tough because you have to grieve uh the part of you that loves that you had it i know because it definitely did serve you for years right right so it's like getting rid of it isn't just the process of abstinence it's the process of like accepting that it's going to be sad that you can no longer use it right it's a co yeah. it was a coping mechanism that kind of stuff saved our lives sometimes and like when people say you know if i didn't binge eat when i was a kid you know i wouldn't have got through these traumatic moments yeah right. but then you have to grieve that wow that's really not something i want to do anymore doesn't mean you're never going to binge eat again right, right. so i think just self-acceptance going okay made amends to these guys they were both cool about it. Nick, I love that you're holding your microphone like a dick. Um, you know, there's never been anything better. Yeah. Uh, so as long as you're not jerking it off under the... Ta I was so gross. Wow, this was worth taping over just so that we could see yeah. that. So, since I have been fully disclosed about my meatheadedness, and I have apologized, and hopefully no one's holding it against me, did you guys do anything wrong in the past week, or were you physically and emotionally perfect? Nope. <laughs> no, but I would like to share a meathead moment uh, that is similar really? to the one that you just went through yes. this week. So I was thinking uh, this happened to me, I think it was a few years ago, but I was speaking at one of these uh, tap secret uh, meetings. Yes. And, you know, I do a pretty good job. I save some lives up there, you know. Oh, you do. Kind of tap in. <laughs> Let people know. A lot of tears, a lot of except people are like, oh my God. You know, it's very It's nice. almost like you're David Koresh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like drink the Kool-Aid. Like, it's really good. And so I go up there, I do my thing and I feel very good about myself because people are coming after me. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for yeah. coming today. And then this guy comes up to me and he goes, uh, he goes, hey man, it's good seeing you. I go, do we know each other? And he goes, yeah, yeah. You know, I grew up in Westport and. Saw you at a party one time, and uh, you you beat the shit out of me <gasps> over a game of beer pong, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh man, wow, sounds about right though. Okay, I go, yeah, that's literally what I said. I go, yeah, it makes sense. That's why I bully him, you know? And, <laughs> uh, I have an explanation for that. And we had like a quick like, oh, all right, and then he left, and then I thought to myself, how the fuck didn't I make amends with him? 
It was a perfect opportunity to make amends and like say something. And instead I went, oh boy. But because I was so in my like glow of like, <laughs> I'm sobriety, look at me. Wow. That I was like, oh, I don't want to make this amends right now because I'm, I'm feeling good and I don't want it to end. Yes. So. No, that is wait, so you, just to go back a little, I love this topic. So wait, you did probably legitimate beat oh, him I up beat over a game of yeah, yeah. beer pong, which yeah. is well, hilarious. He probably was over with his elbows, you know, which. I, I don't know this game. It's a fireable offense. <laughs> so I love that you said I didn't want to come out of my little cloud, my little cloud of happiness yeah. and I'm so worthy and I'm so good. Right. So what ended up happening? Did you actually find him and give him ends? Yeah, I found him and I <gasps> beat the shit out of him ah, again. No, good, no. good. He was no. asking for <laughs> it. No, I never found him, never met him again, never saw him. Wow. What is he it? He died. That... Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I didn't. In a game of no. beer pong? <laughs> I didn't make those amends. Yeah. He went outside and shot himself in the face. It happens. Look, you got, no one's responsible for he someone else's suicide. He was like Steve Buscemi and Billy Madison. He put on, put lipstick on. He was crossing your name on, on the list of people he was going to kill. I mean, I see. Amends are weird because sometimes you go, do I really have to dredge up to that other person some weird memory from the past? Yeah. Do I know they say in those top secret meetings that you should make amends where it wouldn't harm yourself or someone else. Right. How do you decide or are, do you kind of play willy nilly? Like I'll probably harm him. I'm not going to say anything. No, you well, you usually know that through working with a sponsor, uh, because they'll let you know, like if I cheated on my wife mm -hmm. and she doesn't know about it and then I'm like, you know, I should really make amends and tell her how I cheated on her. Right. My sponsor may go, why don't we not ruin the marriage? That's true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it probably does more harm to say that than it does good. You know what I mean? Like, or I stole something and it was such a big item and it was such a grand larceny that I would go to jail for 10 years and not be able to raise my kids. Then he's like, you know, maybe we shouldn't put you in but jail suppose, for 10 years. Wait, but suppose you didn't have kids and you're just Bo, who really- I've seen people go to jail. Right, but you it wouldn't damage anything for you to go to jail. Like you don't have no, kids to no, support. No, no, I know. Well, that's what I mean. I've seen Except kids. I've seen people. Yeah. I've <laughs> seen people who don't have any reason why not to make that amends have to make that amends and go in and do time. Would you just be honest? Would you do that? No. I know. I didn't think so. Is, is, it, <laughs> do you, because, is it because you're just like, you know. Don't I got, go to jail. Look at this. It's <laughs> true. Like boss would say, you're worth a carton of cigarettes and a Snickers bar. That's right. But I think it's like, yeah, the amends are weird. I just yeah. feel happy apologizing to people because I didn't used to. Like I said, I used to just skirt around it and feel out, oh, you mad at me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that just feel, you're in this hell of a limbo. Yeah. And then they feel dishonored because you didn't you didn't see or hear them right so it's like keeping your side of the street clean as they say yeah and the biggest part of making an amends that is different than the sorry thing is when you when you do an amends you're meant to let them know that if you continue to try to do what you're doing and continue to work on yourself then it won't happen again yes right so that's the whole thing because it's like amending is the change right so uh, but you know, probably happens again. So, well, you know, but, but hopefully for less, uh, you know, it, less volume. Like right. I would, I think I broke loose both eardrums. So yeah. I would like to only break one next time. That would be 
progress. That would be nice. Not perfection, just no. progress. But you know what? I saw an episode of Mom last week where Mom is probably arguably the best show about addiction because they really show them going through it. Yeah. So uh, Allison Janney's character has to make an amends to a woman that she broke into her house like 30 years before and stole yeah. stuff. And the woman, she just goes up to the woman's house and she knocks on the door and the woman's like, who are you? And she's like, uh, I just, uh, I made, I broke into your house several years ago and I'm just wanted to say, I'm sorry and make amends. And she goes, okay, $1,200. <laughs> and she goes, well, I, she goes, no, she goes, my kids felt unsafe for years. They couldn't go to sleep in their own house. You did that $1,200. And she goes, I only have 900 in checking. She goes, I'll take it. She goes, not five. She goes, nine. And she writes you the check. So is that like something that normally happens? Uh, that's something that could happen. I don't know about somebody demanding I would. a certain amount of money. Um, I, if I was in that situation, I'd be like, well, we'll get back to you. Why don't I get your number? Yeah. Set up a time. Okay. Talk about this. I wouldn't like immediately just be like, yeah, I'm going to give you all of the money that I have and <laughs> maybe not be able to pay rent. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true too. Like, yeah. Cause then you're like, kinda... but normally if you go and you steal something, you go to the amends with the thing that I stole and this is what it's worth. And then I, you Whoa. pay them. So like when, when I got, because people have made amends to me that have stolen stuff from me. So like they've showed up and been like, okay, I stole your iPhone <laughs> and it was, you know, like at its price, it was this much. So here is what I can give you. And did you yeah. not demand interest? No, I mean, what are you, uh, you going to do? Uh, you know, this, this fits nicely. This fits nicely into the episode because Bo really is our sort of expert on this stuff yeah. because while I've skirted around the meetings and gone to Lakota meetings or Al-Anon, you know, I mean, you live this shit every day. Yeah. So it fits nicely in because clearly I value your opinion. I'm asking for your help in understanding this. So our episode today is about asking for help and why it's so hard, why we avoid doing it. What is the factors at play psychologically that make us stop doing it and why we actually should do it? So I think this actually folded in nicely. Yeah, would you look at that? I'm not even mad. Nick said nothing. <laughs> Pretty nailing it this week. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm doing all right. Yes, you are. No, you you have been quite perfect. Hey, you you freaking said we're cool. That's all I cared about. I was yeah. like, as long as Nick's not mad at me. We are cool, man. It's all I'm good. Plus, you... we also, the reason, another reason why I wasn't mad is because we all want the same thing from this. We all want the yeah. same goal. Right. So it's not like you're making me do something I don't want to do or don't chicks? want to happen. No. We're looking for chicks? Not yet. <laughs> I got two more years of being straight. <laughs> when I hit 70, I might have to lick a clam. Oh, you never know. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, baby. My wife gives you a bully bow forever. Yeah. All right. Well. All right. When we come back. We may talk about asking for help. We may not, but we'll definitely have different shirts on. We'll see you in a minute. <laughs> Bye. Hey everybody, Lisa Lampanelli here from Losers with a Dream. As you know, me, Bo, and Nick are losers. We have really big dreams. And one of the people who help us reach our dreams is the good folks at Royal Fox Studio. They specialize in producing podcasts, as you can hear, and they can get your show sounding amazing like ours. I mean, seriously, I sound fucking great. Make sure to check them out at Royal Fox Studio on Instagram and on all social media, where you'll be able to see a list of all the great shows they produce, including the best one ever, Losers with a Mother Effing Dream. Yeah. 
Welcome back to the Losers with a Dream podcast. We are losers and we have big dreams. And today, our topic yeah. is asking for help. It's so tough to do. It is, man. As yeah. I said before, all I have written down is I hate it because it's the worst. Okay? Why do you think you hate it? Nick? I don't know. Don't be my therapist. I'm just asking a question. Who do you think you are, <laughs> sir? <laughs> but. Yeah, we're talking. I don't even know how we came to this topic. Do you know? Is it some mental breakdown? Well, I you think had, that. Or? Okay, all right. Well, I think <laughs> for, for, this, for this podcast, we have to do a fair amount of asking for help. Whether it's you know asking other people who know more about social media or know more about asking people uh, to leave a five star review, yeah, or people who you know. Uh, to buy tickets or come see us live December 9th and Brian 12th, yeah. and then 12th. Yeah. And, and also asking like more established uh, comics that are in the game right now to, you know, help us get some uh, things moving along, you know, whether it's like having Lisa on the show or talking about the show or whatever, just giving us advice. And it, it sucks asking for help because it's basically admitting that you don't know something, which is not fun to do, right? It's always... Like, I hate it because, I know for me, I feel like I should be able to fix every problem in my life, and I feel, and my ego tells me that I can, and um, and that there's no, you know, there's nothing I can't will myself through, and I have learned time and time again that that's absolutely not true, and that I have to ask for help, um, otherwise I, you know, can find myself in some pretty bad spots, so... Um, the problem that I experience with asking for help is that I really don't do it until I have exhausted every single one of my options, right? Like I only ask for help once I've literally tried my whole, like I, before I asked for help with drinking, I tried everything I right. could have possibly done. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, I'm only drinking beer. I, <laughs> I had this thing that was like, I only drink when I, um, when it's I football, go, only Monday night football. No, only when I go see a band. Ooh. So I saw a lot of bands. I saw a lot of cover bands. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was like, it's like, oh well, it'll be fine as long as I'm only doing it when I'm out, or you know what I mean? As long as I'm not drinking at home you know, by a lot myself. Of high school marching bands too. Yeah. Remember that restraining order? <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. No, but like I came up with all these things because I was like, I don't want to ask for help. Asking for help is too scary. It's too much of an act of humility. Um, you know and. It, it truly is. It, it tr Really, the humblest thing you can do is go, I don't know what to do, and I need help to get to where I want to go. Yeah. You know? And it's it's not it's not easy, but I remember, you know, as I started to, like, learn how to ask for help, it got easier to do it in all aspects of my life. Um, I'll give you a quick story, okay? So when I was first getting sober... I was terrible at life. Um, I you're better now. Listen, it's anyway. it's okay now, but okay. But here's the thing: I I had a really hard time doing like very simple activities because I had a pretty warped brain. Like I I was uh, it's very like uh, emotional, and then I was also very uh, like anxious, and I would have a lot of panic attacks, and it was hard for me to go into places. So my first year of recovery, I had a hard time going into grocery stores because there were too many options and I would get overwhelmed 
and then I would leave or, you know, I would like, you ever see like a cart with just like a bunch of stuff in it that's just in the middle? That was me. I was like, I would like get to a point and I just go, I probably can't even afford any of this. And then I just walk out <laughs> and I would just freak out, you know? I need eight loaves of bread, yeah. sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I remember one day being like, okay, you don't know how to grocery shop. You can't grocery shop for yourself. That's the story you're telling yourself. That's the experience you're having right now. So... How do I break out of that? Well, I have to ask for help. So I remember I went to Trader Joe's and I walked up to one of the ladies that yeah, was working there you talked about it, yeah. and I said, Hey, um, I'm new here <laughs> and I would on, really, I'm new on earth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm new here and I would really like some help, uh, shopping at, at the store. And I would just appreciate it if you could show me around where all the things are and, um, and, and she was so excited because I guess she had worked with special needs kids before and she, <laughs> and she walked me around the store to all the being like, Plus, here's everyone that works. there is so nice. They're so sweet. Yeah. And, and, uh, she'd be like, okay, like here are the meats. Here is, you know, the cheese, here's whatever eggs. Um, and she took me all around and she showed me all the different things. And at the end I had a cart full of stuff that was itemized and, smart for a week of shopping for uh you know a 25 year old man that needed to eat you know what i mean and um and i remember like leaving there being like wow like i felt so good about myself because i was like you know i probably couldn't have done that on my own and i'm just glad that i have that skill now i know where i can go and i remember going to that grocery store for like two to three years <clears throat> like every two weeks and just feeling so like comfortable and like knowing my routine and I wouldn't have been able to get there if I hadn't asked for help. I would have just always been terrified to do it. I wouldn't have broken through that. And uh, it's a weird thing to like not know how to grocery shop. But, you know, I think that there's there's a lot of people who don't know how to do a lot of stuff. And, you know, we find our we find that like we never ask for help because we don't want to look like a novice. We don't want to um, like feel incapable. Right. Yeah. We don't want to feel like, uh, we're, you know, worthless and we can't do anything, but, but walking in and, and to somewhere and, and asking for help is so important. I mean, you know, if I hadn't asked for help with my drinking, if I hadn't asked for help with my depression, um, I'd probably still be in those things, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So it saves, it saves your life. Um, and it's a, really a process of going like, I can't fix this. I don't know what to do. And then trying to find somebody who does. And sometimes you, the first person you ask is, uh, you know, maybe not the best person and they have to get you to somebody else. But at the very least, you're making that first step. Yeah. I actually did this uh, recently uh, with a friend of mine who's a financial planner. Yeah. And, like, and that's for me is a big thing. Like I sat down with it like, I remember I avoided this for so long. Like it's yeah. just, as we know, finances are a pain point for everybody. Yeah. But you know, just cause of my dad going bankrupt twice and there's times where I'm like, uh, I, you know, I don't even want to look, I don't want to look here's, I'm just going to fly by the seat of my pants and see how this goes. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's not, it's stupid. It's not a good way to do it. So I asked for help and I have a friend of mine who's helping me with uh, financial planning. She's a financial planner. And it was like after the meeting, I was like, oh, okay, this is all like 
doable. Yeah. Which I'm sure is how you felt in the grocery store. You're like, right. oh, this is okay. Like for me, it's this giant mountain. Like I won't look at credit card statements, nothing. I don't want right. to see anything. I just want to move on and yeah. oh, I'm just going to keep going. And I'll be okay. <laughs> Put my head down. But yeah, that was, um, that's a tough thing for me, man. Asking for help on literally anything. Again, I, I only, my real only note is that I hate it. But also the other note I have is, um, I don't know if you've ever felt this way. People that have been helpful or are helping you without you asking. Yeah. They're just like really being nice. And like I immediately get skeptical. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. I'm sure. like, are you going to hold this over my head later? Mm-hmm. What are you doing this for? Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Yeah. And then I strangle him to death. But No, that's a really big thing, um, especially in like 12-step meetings. Because, you know, people go when there's somebody that's new that walks into one of these meetings, whether it's like a, you know, like an AA or whatever, doesn't matter. Um, they they walk in and, and they're asking for help. And then there's a there's always a guy there who wants to talk to newcomers or there's always, you know, people there that are trying to help newer people get into the program. And. I remember like when they would like walk up to me and they'd be like, Hey man, like, you know, you like, uh, you need like a meeting schedule or you need, you know what I mean? And I would just be like, Oh, hold on a second. You know what I mean? Like, have you heard about our Lord and savior? Yeah. Jesus yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> it really does bring you back to some early church shit though. Yeah. You know what I mean? It dude. does. It does where it's like, wait a second. What do you want? What do you want? How much do I owe you? Dude, What's the, you I know what I mean? That way. When I visit my dad, I visit my father at church cause he plays in the band there a handful of times. Yeah. And I'm like, these people are smiling too much. Yes. It's the almost- glazed over, uh, <laughs> look in the eyes of a, uh, a, a newly born Christian is the most terrifying thing on the planet. They're like this. You're Bobby's yeah. son. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah. He talks about you all the time. Uh, they they are terrifying people. And and she walks away, and my dad goes, "She's a clam." <laughs> and that's not to disparage like any religion, but it is to say that like when people feel like they found something and they want to give it to you, um, sometimes the look in their eyes can make you feel pretty unsafe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it is. And I, you know, I I had the experience of first calling a um, a uh, therapist. I was like two years sober and I hadn't, I hadn't gotten up from my bed in about nine days. I was binge watching Sopranos. This was my first run. Now we're talking. Yeah. I was, (laughs) this was my first run. I approve of this depression. Yeah. yeah, Like I was just watching Sopranos and I was Uber eating like pasta and just sitting there and just just sitting there and eating it and just being like, I don't feel good. And, and uh, my why. girlfriend at the time came over, oh boy. and she was like, "You gotta, you gotta call somebody. Like, you have to. Like, I can't help you. You know what I mean? Like, your your family can't help you. Like, you have to like call a professional and go see somebody and talk to somebody." And I finally felt cornered enough where I was like, "Shit, I I probably do need to do that." Mm. And I remember calling the guy and. To get mentally prepared to even asking for help, I had to say, this guy can't help me with shit. You know what I mean? I had to like already disprove his Got profession. Got it figured out, Yeah, dude. be like, listen, I'll call him. He doesn't know a lot of stuff, <laughs> but I'll call him. You know what I mean? And that was like my defense mechanism. <laughs> that's going to make you happy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll call him for you. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> and and I remember babe, I, babe. I called him 
and and he was like he was like yep uh, what's been going on and i told him what was going on and he was like yep you should definitely come in yeah. and we should talk about it and then he ended up telling me to dump the girlfriend so <laughs> hey! sucks for you lady yeah <laughs> he knew loser you lost yeah <laughs> no and <laughs> as we're wearing t-shirts yeah. that say loser you suck no yeah. anyways um but it was a good thing it was really positive to like call that therapist and then get in that office and have those sessions that I need to have at that time. Um, but it's hard to, it's hard to get there because you really have to, like I said, for me, I only get there by hitting bottom. I don't get there by like being like, Oh, I'm in a little bit of pain. So now I'll like do something. No, it has to be full fledged stage four going down. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how, I mean, that's how I got into therapy. I mean, Jesus, yeah. it was literally over a little, I think it's been a year. It was last October. Yeah. And Lord knows it should have been in there way before that. But yes. Like it took a moment of like, just like, I, you know, it was the midst of the pandemic and everything in my job. I was like, I need, this is it. I, right. I need, I need to go. And it's the best, it's the best thing I've done, especially as of lately. Like I'm, I find myself really like sitting back and not even like analyzing my emotions more and being like, what is this? Yeah. Why am I doing this? Instead of reacting Right. And, uh, but back to asking for help, I, I had something happen to me the other night, just someone I've been seeing kind of laid something down on me. They're very open and honest. And I appreciate it. And I was like immediately like, I want to talk to one of my buddies about this, but I don't want to bother them. Yeah. You right. know, I don't want to ask, you know, for help. So I text, I, I felt bad. Usually I text my buddy, uh, Anthony, but he has, I was like, he has a wife and kids. It's 930. No. I'm going to leave him alone. So I text my buddy who lives in Portland, three hours behind. He's chilling. Yeah. <laughs> and he actually texted me beforehand something funny. So I was like, oh, this kind of worked perfectly. And yeah. I was like, you know, I don't know. I know why I'm feeling this way, but so-and-so. And we kind of talked it out. But even that was tough. As I was doing it, and this is a friend of mine for, I mean, 13 years. And we've had some of the deepest conversations ever. And I was like, I don't want to bother him. Yeah. Like, uh, well, again, I got to talk to this guy about another thing with a girl. Like, I feel like I'm being annoying. You yeah. know what I mean? Even though he doesn't think that at all. But it's funny, man, because I'm really used to asking for help now. And I'm like a little bit more open to like having those types of conversations. But I have friends that I grew up with that are like, they never even peeled one layer. You know what I mean? So, like, I've had friends that call me, and it's a funny, like, straight guy thing to do. It's not right, but it's a funny straight guy thing to do where, they're like, they'll call me and they'll be like, hey, man, listen, I, I'm having a tough time with this thing. I'm not gay, but here's the thing. And then, and then they just keep going. They go, listen, dude, you know I'm not gay, but, like, I'm having a hard time. And I'm like, dude, I never thought you were gay. Like, you know what I mean? They're, they're trying to, yeah, yeah they're, they haven't, like you said, they haven't peeled one layer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, like I have no problem. We, You and I have zero problem relaying. Right. Recognizing people's emotions, even male or female relationships or not. Right. And then relaying our feelings. But they are just such insecure men where it's like, hey, man, in order for me to even give you like a little bit of vulnerable vulnerability, I have to keep repeating the fact that I'm not into guys, yeah. <laughs> which I think, which I love and I, and I totally understand. And it's yeah. not, it's not the way that I operate now, mm -hmm. but I get it and I love them through it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, man, I listen now you're not, I know you're not gay, but you know, it's okay to have feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like going through those conversations. Speaking of operating, we're going to bring on a life surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> Our friend, mentor, life coach, comedian, Lisa 
Lampanelli, and we were continue to talk about this topic of asking for help. Be right back. Hello, welcome back to the Loser with a Dream podcast. We are losers and we have big dreams because we're positive and we're happy today. Yes, we are. That was such a good segment, you guys. Honestly, I rarely compliment you and mean it because sometimes I just (laughs) manipulate you into letting me act badly by telling you I'm so proud of you, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) I know I work these two jerks like a puppet. But I'm I know telling how to talk you, to her. I was very fucking. He likes impressed a hand inside of him. At this, yeah, I was very impressed at this vulnerability. Wow. First, I want to say one thing that's really funny about calling your friend in Portland. I used to make sure I had friends in almost every time zone so I could so call you had them. Someone. I literally, my brother and his wife lived in Alaska for a few years after his college. I am telling you, having somebody five hours different where you could call at 3 a.m. if you're in drama yeah. and it's 10 o'clock, yeah. they're like, happy to hear from you. <laughs> you call some asshole on the East Coast at 3 a.m., they don't like you so much. No, yeah. Although I have a feeling you could call both. Yeah, you could call me Because he'd wake up. Nick won't wake up for you, but he'll get up at 5 and call you back. Yeah. Well, well I have my loud ringer text so at that 5 30, make sure I wake up. Well, you have the loud ringer so all the drunks can call you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, But that is so funny because, dude, I have a friend now in Vancouver fucking love that that's i think four hours so i keep it in my favorites list and i'm like kelly's pretty fucking cool she gets it (laughs) and she actually does if she was a meaningless twat who lived there yeah it'd be really rough i'd have to make some friends i'd have to move yeah so i'm just saying yeah go befriend some canucks (laughs) yeah there you go so i thought this was great because asking for help the reason this came up for me and i suggested to you i think i've been asking you to do a show on asking for help since the beginning yeah because Every episode, it just seems to come out that we're all afraid to ask for help. And the fact is, it is so hard. Think about it for a minute. Okay. I'm 60 fucking years old. I don't know how to use TikTok. Yeah. How am I going to find out? Am I actually going to Google it and watch those freaking mental patients dancing around, telling (laughs) them what to press? I go, who can I call for help? But there's this weird... Okay. So asking for help with social media doesn't seem shameful yeah it doesn't i don't judge myself when it's something i have no business knowing right a 60 year old on tiktok you gotta fucking ask for help so i call my friend gus my friend mikey who makes us funny videos now i'm like okay but what you were alluding to in the beginning about having a podcast the reason a podcast takes off other than good content is you go as a guest on other people's shows and they, if they like you, that's a stamp of approval and some of their fans follow you. But check this out. There's no 60-year-olds with podcasts that I want to go on their show. Yeah. There's no fucking contemporary. I have to go with Pat in hand to 30-year-olds, people half my age, and say, hey, is it okay if I go yeah. on your podcast? I used to be someone. <laughs> and I kind of go, Bo said the greatest thing to me the other day. He goes, I think you sell yourself short because no. you don't remember that these people grew up on watching you, that their parents liked you, so then they liked you. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. But still, there's something about asking people who, who feel, it almost feels like you're, a failure for asking because 
you need help from someone young. So I yeah. think that happens with parents. Parents get really mad when their kids start getting them, you know, assisted living facilities and all this uh, fucking life alert pending. Yeah. Because it's this insult that the younger generation actually knows more than you do. Right. So even with social media, things like that, it's like you have to listen to the younger people or you're fucked. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to do this uh, topic because... Man, it's weird to approach youngsters. Yeah, I mean, we are pretty cool. So not really, you know, but Bo Eddie. isn't allowed to approach youngsters anymore. <laughs> <laughs> per the court. Yes, yes. Well, there are there there is protection involved. Yeah. I did have Andy, a white man. I just wanted to share. Yeah, but all the time He's it's like the ice cream truck all we're them. doing is judging ourselves. Yeah, like the main thing I've been reading about this asking for help just to try to get out of that mode of not asking, and it's like. I'm judging I'm not good enough. I'm judging they never heard of me. I'm judging that they didn't like my comedy. Like I literally, okay, we're hanging out at uh, a comedy club the other night and there's a guy called Akash who by accident I called Akish and they made fun of me, but he's this terrific comic who has a very good podcast and I'm like, oh, I want to go meet him. Yeah. So they said, when I show up, they go, oh, he's taking a nap in the back and I go, yeah. oh, don't, don't. Don't disturb him. It's okay. And I go, he probably doesn't even know who I am. And he told me after, it's like, I cannot believe you didn't have them wake me up sooner. I was like, oh my God, I'm, of course I'm waking up. It's Lee Slampanelli. I'm going, yeah. oh my God, he knows who I am. Yeah. It just seems really weird and judgy of myself to go, like, it doesn't make my world if everyone heard of me, but I shouldn't put on myself that I'm so unworthy. I can't ask to meet someone or ask a favor of them or whatever and that's what i seem to get in my own way with all the time so really but really i've seen comics that like i didn't you know whatever but i was always like ah oh, they're not that great but then i but i watched them climb really quickly because they just had no shame of being like i am who i am and i'll i'll ask whoever for anything i remember watching seinfeld get off stage one time at gotham and this kid oh. sitting next to me, this comic, and I'm sitting there going like, well, oh, that's cool, but what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. You know, I'm not going to go up and talk to him. Right. And Seinfeld gets off stage, and I see this kid get up and jump and run after him. And he's going, hey, stick around, see my set. Hey, man, <gasps> stick around, see my set. And I was watching that going like, oh, how dare you? You know what I mean? Like, but here's how the dare you? But, that's but not that really asking for help. That's really being obnoxious. But you know what I mean? Like having that level. But there's some fine line in between. Yeah. It's that story I told you guys about Judd Apatow being literally not six feet away from me on a red carpet. And I yeah. didn't have the balls to say a hi, even though he, I'd been in a movie of his. <laughs> so it's like, wait a minute. So you're judging that he doesn't That's remember wild. you from the movie from two years ago. Yeah, yeah. And you're judging that he thinks, wow, you know, um, so-and-so is better than her. Right. I left her in the dust. Yeah. And all I'm doing is judging. Like when someone, this happened this week, someone very famous followed me on Instagram. Mm -hmm. He has 2.1 million followers. Yeah. And he just followed me and I, with that, like I do with everybody else, I put, hey man, thanks for the follow. I really enjoy your comedy. So he goes, oh my God, of course, you're one of my heroes. You inspired me to do comedy, blah, blah, blah. And because this is the big point of the story, because I had warmed up on asking other people for help from Gus to Mikey to other lesser known comics than him. Yeah. I said, fuck it, putting out there, Hey man, so you have a podcast. I have one of my own. Can I can I appear on it? Yeah. And he's like, "Fuck yeah, stoked. Let's put in a date." So yes, now it's wrangling him to put in the date. Hopefully right. by this time when this airs, we will have taped it already. Yeah. But the fact is, 
it wasn't as scary as the first ask. Right. So I think the real moral is the more you do it appropriately, not like the Sherm who ran after Seinfeld, because that's just inappropriate if you know Jerry at all. It's like... He doesn't want to be fucking hearing from you because he has to get in that Porsche and go down to the cellar. Yeah. You know, he has sets to practice. He's got to try every perfectly written joke on his beautiful yellow notepad with his goddamn punchlines. And his his clear barrel big pen. You don't go in Long Island. You go on the island. You go in the city. You don't go on the city. Stop it. He's inarguably great comic. The fact is, so it has to be that thing between uh, I can ask for help and here's the fact not take it personally if I don't get it. Yeah. You know, uh, two days ago, I was on a friend of mine's podcast and it's small, just as a guest. I didn't view it though, this is what's funny, the more you take your ego out of it, the less you're like, I did him a fucking favor. I was like, no, the podcast is good. I see that he has some big stars on it. Yeah. don't know how he gets them. But I was like, okay, cool, let me go on. And he plays me a clip of a guy who was like gushing about me. Yeah. And said I inspired him. So I looked this guy up. He... It's an enormous following. Yeah. I have my head under a rock, so I never heard of him. Yeah. Then I start listening to him. I'm like, this fucking guy's funny. Yeah. And I'm like, Lisa, get up the nerve to get his number and call him. Yeah. And we're taping his podcast tonight. And I'm like, okay. It would have hurt a little. The re- fear of rejection would have hurt if he'd have said, oh, gosh, I don't have guests. Yeah. It would have hurt no matter what. But it would hurt less than me wondering, should I ask? Should I ask? Yeah. You know, if I didn't reach out to Esther, would I have ever been on Trash Tuesday and we get more followers? No. No. Would I be on The Minimalist? Would I be on, I'm doing a Instagram Live with M from, and that's why we drink later. Right. And it's because he has a huge following. Yeah. And we're friends. If you can't ask a friend for help, you're kind of cutting off your nose to spite your face. We could take whatever result we get. Yeah. And even for like us, it's like asking bigger name comics, like, you know, if, if we can open for them. It's mm-hmm. kind of tough, you know, like it's really hard. I, I, I sent a few tests texts last week that I was like, well, I feel like kind of gross sending this. Mm. You know what I mean? Because like, I know if it was me, I'd look at it and be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this guy needs. But I, I go, well, you know what? He's seen my act. He knows I'm good. He said that I'm good. He's been nice to me. I've worked with him. I've, you know, helped whatever. So I'm like, all right, I should probably reach out, you know, and of course didn't get the response back, but I, I did it. You know what I mean? Right. And like, it, it doesn't like, it's not always the result. It's sometimes just the practice. Right. And it does get easier and easier and easier. So basically if I reach out to Chris, Chris Stefano and I try that and it doesn't work, I can't then get scared to reach out to whoever else is Andrew Schultz. Like I can't be afraid to reach out I mean, so far, everybody said yes. Right. So I got to gather that evidence, but then also go, yeah, but if he says no, again, last week we talked about fear of loss. If he says no, I can handle the loss. Yes. I'm not going to go in, into intense self-hate. <laughs> yeah. I'll have more self-hate if I don't ask, because all that shows is, guess what? Worthiness issues holding us back again. Yeah. And you not asking those people, hey, can I do a set? Can I open on your show? I mean, you reached out, Nick, to Jessica Curson. Yep. And you said, hey, man, can I do five minutes on the show at Mohegan? She says yes. Yeah. So chances are if people read the thing, they're going to yeah. answer. Might not always be the answer we want. No. But it's the practice of just asking yeah, and just asking. putting yourself out there, man. It's weird, though, when you go, I should be able to do everything myself. I should be able to do this on my own name. I should be able to do everything perfectly. 
The world doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know what's wild too? Ask any comic, actor, author, writer. No one... Okay, Louis Ferrando from Caroline's, who's booked that room for years, told me the best thing when I started. He was like, everyone loves talking about themselves and being asked for help and advice. Yeah. Dude, I got asked yesterday if I coach writing, and I lied and said yes. Just because <laughs> I love to be asked for help. Yeah. Because it feeds my ego and self-esteem. Yeah. And I go, well, I don't know. What, a script? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, jackpot. Good. I go, let's meet up. I'll read the script and we'll talk. Yeah. We love helping others. You love, despite your bitching about people calling you to three in the morning. Yeah. Don't you love and get a good feeling out of helping other people? Yeah, I feel the most useful. I feel like I have purpose in this world. Um, it also, like, helping somebody else makes you feel uh, like you're actually competent at the thing you do. Like, yes. it, like when, like, a new comic comes to me, he's like, hey, man, like... You know, like, how do you write? And like, how do you do? Like, you know what I mean? And then I do you go, just say like, Lisa does it for me, like that kind of thing. And then say, talk to her. I'm, she's over there criticizing Andrew Ginsburg and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, no, but, what, no, but it does show that, that you have some craft, which is why, by the way, men love when women ask them for help. Yeah. Like literally like my neighbors are always like, Hey, if you need help, let me know. Sure. I yeah. pick up all those mice dead mice by myself and the dead bird in the trap yeah. but you know what it, it goes well maybe it gives them some joy to help because i know man oh my god it gives me such happiness to help people and it's community too like yep. you know like yep. your neighbor coming over and be like hey, i got a bird in the trap all right i'll go take care of it it's, yeah it is kind of a nice thing you do feel connected to your neighbor that way well i was you know? impressed because you know as you guys know i moved into i bought my parents house moved in there and, uh, you know, it's really in great shape, but of course, Terminex came, they put the mouse traps up. I see one mouse in the glue trap. I say, oh, I can't handle this. I can't pick it up. I'm yeah. sheaved. I'm a city person. So I ask you guys, I go, can you guys pick up this mouse? If Terminex can't come out, you're like, sure. I see a second one. The next day I said, mod on, what the fuck? The third one <laughs> is in the trap too. They, now they look like they're spooning. And it makes me sad. Three blind mice didn't yeah. see the trap, huh? <laughs> so I said to myself, you know what? Be a man, bitch. Yeah. And get that trash bag. I triple bagged that fucker on my hands. And I, I, I literally, this is me. Yeah. But I throw it in the garbage. I get some satisfaction. But what the great part was, was you said the next day, hey, after the meeting, you still want me to go throw that mouse out? Yeah. So you get joy out of helping. I get the feeling of, oh my God, if I'm really in trouble, I have people who I can count on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very tough to feel like you're 100% alone and we, by helping and being asked, make people feel less alone. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's such a, it is such a joy to be like, oh yeah, you're, you're struggling with that? All right, man, let me help you out. You know, know what I mean? Like to have a, uh, in the old like, um, like story is always like uh you know like if a if like uh, somebody's in a hole right and they come by this is a very dumb no i love this okay. story okay yes yeah. no, so somebody's it. in it's a my hole favorite. and they're and they're up there yeah. they're like how do i get out i need help i need help and someone yeah. comes by and they go climb up climb up like that's that's a friend but not a real friend mm -hmm. um but a real friend gets in the hole with you and says all right i've been in this hole before let's i'll show you how to get out and that's so true but it's then like suppose they both get stuck 
and then they're idiots, and then I gotta go over there. <laughs> I gotta fucking rent equipment from the construction company. I gotta get a crane to pull these two fat fucks out of a hole. <laughs> Who's right then, Bo, in your fancy AA you shit? You got me. <laughs> but no, you're right. The, time the identifying, takes time, dude. But that's literally how you lead yeah. by example, is be like, oh, I've been there, man. It sucks. Yeah. I've been the comic who bombed or the unlikable comic. You know, never that, but, you know, yeah. like that. And then you go... I can be in there with you and well, you, you yeah, you and you learn from my experience. You learn the right people to ask help for, right. help from too. Like you know, when I was depressed, uh, I'd be like, "Yeah, man, I'm really struggling with this with somebody," and then they'd be like, "Oh, you know, you ever just like drink?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what are you so sad about? Like, <sighs> you know, like that type of thing. And you're like, "Well, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just, you know what I mean? And you, and you just go like, I don't feel like I'm being heard right now. So you then you have to go to, all right, well, I need to go to the person who is going to hear me and understand what's happening. And, and yes, we don't want advice and help unless we ask for it too. Right. Like sometimes you just need that safe place to vent or to talk or to be oh, sad the worst, about. Yeah. The good thing about you is you never try to talk people, at least me, out of what we're feeling like you didn't say oh you shouldn't feel sad about that uh heartbreak ah you shouldn't ah you'll get over it no yeah. that's just so 101 yeah that's friendship 101 right so those are the people who you keep in your favorites list in your phone and go oh i can call and just say fucking today sucks yeah well no, i the one thing that i am guilty of is sometimes when people call i want to help so then i'll start to like you know qualify them and mm -hmm. be like okay, all right well you know, have you tried this? And then they're kind of like, uh, I don't really want this, you know, and then I have to go, okay, my bad. I, I didn't realize. Right. I just, you know. So it's it's at when they ask for help, we can't push help upon them. No, we can't. We can't. Just so, because someone's going through someone, something doesn't mean they need help or want it. Right. But I think with me too, I realize that if I don't ask for help in the areas I don't know anything about, that's a nice little excuse to stay stuck and small. Yep. And it's to be the clam who don't know how to do social media <laughs> or TikTok or podcast or whatever. Right. So I get to be like the little one who goes, yeah, well, I knew it wouldn't work. Like, I'm too old to do that. Right. So I think worthiness issues come up. We don't ask for help. It keeps us stuck and comfortable and complainers. And then right. you're back where you always were. Yeah. And it's really silly the people who act like I would never go up to Rick and be like, you know, I really feel like, uh, you know, the lighting isn't quite, you know what I mean? Yeah. I allow people to be experts at what they're experts at and just allow me to be what I am too, you know? like What, what is that? Oh, that you are? yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's got to be nothing worse than being an expert because I know I'm an expert in comedy. When some of those open micers that you guys deal with say to me, yeah, you know, I really thought that, uh, so this is what I do. And I'm like, oh, shut up. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody, you're, you're dumb. Yeah. So can you imagine going up to an audio or video expert micromanaging their fucking skills? No. You hire people or you ask advice of people who are experts. You don't try to talk them into doing it your way and that dumbing it down. Yeah. You can tell them what your vision is. Right. But you can't tell them how to do their job. Okay. So here's Rick. Can you make Bo like 40 pounds less? <laughs> He's saying no. You know, but he, he can yes. add three he more cameras. He has to cameras. turn the camera off. <laughs> No, and uh, by Cut the way, the feed. I think there was only one fat shame this episode. That's pretty good. Oh, I'm pretty guys. impressed. Hands in. No, I don't want to touch you. Okay. I don't think that's proper. <laughs> oh my God, he hit me. Can someone help me? Somebody, Nick hit me. I'm an abused friend. She deserved it. Yeah, I kind of was asking for it. I think we've learned a lot. Don't judge yourself. 
That's the number one reason people don't ask for help. You judge yourself. I should, 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 should. I should know it. I I should know it at this age or at this degree or whatever. Yeah. Like if you have an advanced degree in medicine, you're still going to have to hire a lawyer when you're sued for malpractice. Yes. You, you're not going to be the guy. No one knows everything. Right. So, I mean, uh, just like get your ego out of the way. Yeah. And it does get easier. You should have your life figured out by now. But if you don't, fucking Listen. ask people how to do it. Am I right or am I wrong? You get it, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got you here. We likes you a lot. Yeah, I like when you guys ask for help. That's fun. Yeah. I also have one that friend who every time she calls me, I'm praying it's a crisis because I want to help. Yeah. It's kind of bad. No, yeah. Well, you don't want to be that. I, well, we do want to feel useful. So. It's true. It's true. What am I going to say? I'm but a I'm... needy clam. <laughs> NeedyClam at AOL.com. <laughs> what a world! Guys, <laughs> I, I love us. us. Like, subscribe. Yeah, listen, subscribe, losers with the dream. What else do we do? TikTok, TikTok. Suck my cock on the way down. Losersfactory.com. Yeah, how's yes. your hole? family how's your home thank you see you next week bye hey thanks for listening to losers with a dream we'll see you next week when you got more time to kill fucking hate these guys